if the if there was a logical argument that that proved that God did not exist, if there was a logical argument, then it would be used by atheists, wouldn't it? If there's one that they could really do, then it would be used by them. There is no proof that's ever been given by anybody of God's non-existence. Um, you know, they, they defend you know, what, what they believe in a way, but they, they don't have the logical proofs when you use, when you use logic. Um, if, they, if they take the faith, we've looked at evidence, looked at faith, look at logic, uh, if that is their position, um, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, I believe there is no God. And since there is no evidence and no proof that God doesn't exist, it's really impossible to prove by their faith, isn't it? Or believing. They hate to say the word faith, but that's really what it is. I believe there is no God. Because they can't say there is no God. Can they? When, they, when you reason that out. Uh, how about there is no evidence for God? Now this is kind of taken off on just what we were looking at. But... Uh, um, but again, that person is saying that they know all possible evidences for God's, ex- uh, God's non-existence, right? And there is no evidence for it. But they can't say that, so they're stuck there. They might say this, and it could sound better. I have not seen sufficient evidence for God. Now, that's worded better. Matter of fact, it, it, if they were to say that, it's, it's, it's honest. It's an honest position. I haven't seen enough sufficient evidence. Now, what they what they're coming at there though is really agnosticism, and that's really what an atheist is. He becomes an agnostic. Um, God is not known. God is not knowable. And so, at least. You know that's that's where if if there's a God that, but we can't know Him that's really what it comes down to. Um, I lack belief in God. Okay, now we're getting into really a, a defensive position here. Um, I, I'm maintaining a position here that nobody can attack. You know, I, I just lack belief in God, and so it's. It, any, any uh, I think, position has to have reasons, but in this sense, they really don't have any reasons. Um, but it's a sufficient statement, I guess. How about, I don't believe in God. All these phrases sound really close, and they are, but, but they have a little bit different nuances. I think what would a good question would be, well, what made you not believe in God? You know, what, what are the reasons for that? And I'm sure everybody has it. And of course, most of them are going to come up with, well, you know, if there's really a God uh, that is good and God that's powerful, then we wouldn't have suffering. And of course, we took a couple of weeks and kind of went over that. Uh, is there an, any, any intelligent reason at all why that you do not believe in God? Well, if they'd really ad- admit it and be honest, they'd say, well, God makes me real uncomfortable because I like to do what I want to do. Yeah, that, you know, why don't they be honest and just say that's it? I really don't want Him to be in my life. Whether he exists or not, I, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. 
And now we've got them into an honest position. But nobody likes to get in that position um, because it's justifying some of the evil things that they're doing. Uh, so, And then some of them will say that naturalism is true. Anything that is of nature and physical, it's real. Anything that is spiritual, it uh, doesn't exist. Uh, but if it's naturalism, if it's physical, it's, it's nature, then there's really no need for God. Because, he, you know... He's a, he's a spiritual being the way that you claim it. So therefore, uh, he's outside the natural law though, isn't he? So anyway, those are some of the uh, little different nuances that uh, some of them may have. But you can see that, uh, you know, you, you can argue all that you want. And of course, our whole deal is not to win, even win an argument, but it is to bring the, the truth of the gospel. Now, here's the thing that we want to look at. And we, we looked at this last week in a little bit too. How do we know Christianity is true? I mean, if somebody could really challenge you at a weak moment, you could get to thinking, well, what is it? Wait a minute, how do, how do I really know this? You know, I, I, yeah, I read the Bible and I hear it preached, but yeah, how do I really know? How do I know that? How do I know that these are facts? Well, what is Christianity? What, who does it center around? Everything's Jesus, right? So, we have to think about, how about the prophecies of Jesus? About Jesus? Hundreds of years, like where he's going to be born in Bethlehem. What's the chances of that happening? <laughs> you know, that you could prophesy somebody. Okay, uh, but then it, it all, also, and if you really look through the Old Testament, you can find out about really about when, it, when he was going to be born, but we don't have to press that. How about certain things that happened when he was dying and how he died as, as a crucifixion. Of course, and so everything deals with, with prophecies. And of course, he claimed to be God in flesh. He performed many miracles. He, he died. He physically rose from the dead. So Christianity is all about Jesus, his claim, uh, his deeds. It's all based on him. So, you know, it's going to come down to, to Christ. Secondly, Christianity is consistent with reason, isn't it? And we've looked at that. The reason, the facts, um, history, it all shows evidence. And so it's not a blind faith, it's a, a real faith. Uh, how about God's inspiration of the Bible? Um, a third uh, is that religious systems outside of Christi Christianity are unverifiable. Our Bible can take history, it can take archaeology, it can take science, and all of those statements that are in here are made true geographically. The cities that weren't known uh, 100, 150 years ago have been discovered. Many have been discovered in our lifetimes. And it just shows again that there's another nail in the coffin to them that, oh, this city did exist because they would make fun of the Bible because, oh, those cities, we can't find those in history. And then they dig them up. These are good points to remember uh, that our Bible does that. Uh, the Mormons have a Bible and they talk about America here. And the cities that they have in there and places and locales, have, they're not discovered there's, there's nothing verifiable that we can even get a handle on. Um, so, you know, uh, let's look at the person of Jesus. What does John 14, 6 say? 
What do we have there? I am way, truth, life. No man comes to the Father but through me. He claimed to be God. He claimed that He would die and then resurrect. He said He was the truth. Now, He made some very bold claims. And so He's either right or He's wrong. Now, a lot of people will even challenge you and say, well, we don't even know if Jesus really existed. That's bad. That's, that's horrible because historically He did exist. It's seen in sources uh, such as Josephus, uh, Tacitus, a Roman historian. Um, there have been other places, but um, definitely Jesus existed. He made claims. Uh, he can be denounced as a madman. You know, he, just making these claims which aren't true. Um, but the thing is, he claimed that he would resurrect from the dead if he didn't die on the cross, or if he if he failed to raise from the dead. Even we'll put it that way. Then the next question is: Is how come the authorities then couldn't come up with the body? That would be their number one priority is to come up with that body, march it down the main, main street in Jerusalem and show everybody that He did not resurrect because that's what they were claiming. And that's the basis of early Christianity. Do we have a lot of statements that were made and can be backed up? Most of them are going to be backed up through our own Bible. Uh, and so therefore, it's going to finally come down to that. But what better source, because there are no other history books that have... All the manuscripts. You know, we talked about that. Why would disciples invent a story and then die for it? And die for it, knowing it wasn't true. You know, you can say, "Well, I'm not so sure, but I think I think it's true." Now they know full well that it's true. And history bears bears that out too. The lives of the disciples. Exactly. The historians wrote about them too. Thought they were all nuts. Right. Yeah. And they existed. How about one of the apostles who came along a little bit later? Who would that be? Paul. Paul was what? He was awful. <laughs> he was a persecutor. He was a Pharisee. He had Christians killed. Why would he change from that where he got a lot of glory here exactly. to somebody that was going to be persecuted? Exactly. Boy, the, you know, this just keeps going on and on and on. I mean, all these are verifiable. We use Scripture amongst ourselves, but it's historical. It's written in history. You don't even have to have the Bible to talk about the disciples and the crucifixion and the resurrection even. You know, that was a that was a huge mystery, that whole period of darkness and it's all historical and, and it's a big mystery. Sure was a lot of wars called they wars even, there was even a, a one book that I read that talked about um, all the empty graves when Christ rose. Uh, oh, <laughs> just just in another history book? Yeah. They mentioned that, really? Yeah. Oh, I never knew there was another source. I mean, it was like they were trying. They, there was something about an earthquake, or was they're actually doing this in current I issues know, know, at sure. school. 
for Halloween, she decided to do a special project. And she had a bunch of unsolved mysteries ah. and stuck them in a can and split them up into three people groups. And they were picking out, and they're supposed to research from now until next Tuesday, unsolved mysteries and find out what they can find on it and stuff. And some of it is this kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that, that to amazing. me, that, that's amazing to me because my boys don't like God. I don't know if they are saying now they don't believe there's a God or they just don't like him. <laughs> but when I when I bring up the history, that sends them to What do they do with that? They go into the they look into the history. Do they go check it out then? Yeah. They do look into the history of uh, uh, Brent in particular. He looks into the history and he So he does look that up. He back and said anything about what he found. But he's a big one on the internet. <laughs> and 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 they take you know they even the internet takes them to the history books. So hmm. so I to me that's one of the best ways to hit an atheist or an agnostic is history. And and we have it. We have it. I mean, they ask for evidence. It's one after another after another, whether it's in Scripture, whether it's in history, or some of the digs that they have. So we we are based on reason and facts. Not because somebody stands up here on Sunday morning or a Tuesday night Bible study and says, okay, you got to believe this because this is, this is all true and you, do, you don't take my word for it. I mean, you look into this, you examine it, you checked it out. Uh, this is not a blind faith. Christianity is not. Atheism is a blind faith with no evidence. It's not there. So there's, there's nothing within the scope of Christian teaching that denies reason. Christianity is based upon reason, isn't it? Matter of fact, in the beginning was the Word, or what's the word there in Greek? Logos. The Word or reasoning of God, really. It's, it's reasoning. This is how he presented himself with reasoning. He gives us all these proofs right here, but uh, history, archaeology, um, and of course, you think of the various cities that have been discovered. Some of these I can't even pronounce: Arad, Bethel, Capernaum, Dan, Ephesus, Gezer, Hazor, Heshbon, Jericho. You can see the discoveries of, of how they've dug that city up and still digging it. Um, Nineveh, Joppa, uh, Shechem, Susa, it just goes on and on. <laughs> These cities have been found that were in the Bible and archaeology made fun of it because there was no such thing as that and then they find it. Verification. And uh, of course the point is there's nothing in archaeology that contradicts biblical truth. Never is there a contradiction on, on the archaeology. Uh, there's evidence of biblical inspiration. And it's seen throughout the prophecies. Uh, how about cities that would never be rebuilt that were here, but they haven't become major cities? They haven't even become a city yet. Nineveh. You can find that in Nahum and Zephaniah. How about Babylon? <laughs> One of the biggest cities in the ancient world. And it has not been really rebuilt. Um, I know there's some kind of a rebuilding and that was kind of started back in the, the 80s or 90s, but it's really nothing. It was, and we're not even sure if it's even the same area where it was. might have been miles away. How about Jesus would be a virgin? 
And that's written in Isaiah 7.14. That's 700 years before Christ was born. It says a virgin, His birthplace in Bethlehem. That's in Micah 5.2. Um, um, there was a messenger before Him. John the Baptist, right? That's uh, you've seen in Isaiah 40. Um, how about He would be pierced? Pierced, right? Uh, that's found in Zechariah 12.10. Uh, he'd be crucified. My Psalm 22 is a great one there, isn't it? Um, so it, it, all those prophecies, evidence of God's work in the Bible. So the Bible does prove if you can. And people will say, "Well, that was written uh, at the time that Jesus was, was living," and that's ridiculous because the Jews had this. They had this was you know the hundreds of years. Matter of fact, the last revelation that God gave was around 400 BC until Christ came. And they don't, and they don't like Jesus. <laughs> so I mean, they're not. They're not on the same. They didn't put it in there to try to fool anybody. Yeah, yeah, they hmm. were the right guys. To, yeah. Do you say we have solid evidence? I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Why do I believe? Well, it's not. Well, it's just because you know somebody told me about it, and, and, and so really, uh, Jesus is good to follow. You know. Um, of course, the critics will say, "Well, the Bible was altered. It was uh, written to be a deception. It, it, it deceives us." You can just pick whatever one you want. Right. And so, and what's the answer to that? Yeah. It, isn't it good we have translations because we have different languages, and languages change. Even English has changed since the 1600s, and so therefore we have translations that come out. But isn't it interesting? Ninety-nine percent of them are saying the same thing. And you say, well, what happened to the other 1%? And you're basically talking about spelling, um, those kind of things, uh, little nuances there. But um, anyway, how about other belief systems? What can challenge Christianity that can come really close? Nothing. <laughs> Nobody can come close. Verifiable. Um, and I already talked about Mormonism. Um, Matter of fact, they teach that God was a man. He has a planet, and he's married to a goddess. And of course, he is the one that populated all that planet, and uh, so therefore he. And so we can become the same way, you know, and those kind of things. Uh, their historical evidence has not been proven whatsoever. Just horrible. Um, Islam teaches that the Quran is absolute truth. And it's revealed from their God, Allah. Um, anyway, it, it states that is you know if Islam is not if it's not true, it, it, it will be seen. Um, and they teach this just just this one right here. If it has one error in it, then they say it's not true. The Quran teaches that a man's seed comes from his chest. You ever heard of that one? Okay, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, you know, birds and ants—they can talk in the present time. Who talks to them? Yeah. The Eastern religions. Ah, Hinduism, Buddhism. There we go. They're interesting to talk to. Well, they—they they believe in reincarnation. But there is nothing logical about reincarnation because 
Of course, you think of karma, and there's a perfect karma, but one can get to a perfect karma, and they still have to go through a process of reincarnation. You know what? It's endless. You go, you die, and you get to be something else, and you just keep on going. Okay, but the whole idea behind that is eightfold. You don't just, it's not like these idiots today that are running around saying they believe in reincarnation. They think it's a cool thing. The whole idea behind that religion is you've got to keep being coming back to something else because you ain't good enough yet until you reach nirvana. And, and what does nirvana mean? <laughs> nothing. You finally get to the point where... There's nothing. You disappear. But you have to, when you... When you die, when you come back, you, you come back as something worse because you didn't make it that time. You so, didn't do so good, yeah. right? You're locked in an ongoing, ongoing, ongoing cycle. There is no hope in that. They have no logic. They contradict logic. There's no proof there. Um, Remember the 80s? Remember the New Age movement? Mm -mm. And of course you look at it now, you don't hear the word New Age, do you? But what was it? It all evolved off those Eastern religions, but they had you know, claims there too. And it's, it's a belief system, but it's empty. It's really telling yourself that you're, you're God, right? Self-worship. It's you. It's, you is what it's all about. So, I can't think of any other religions that would be that would even challenge Christianity. Of course, we can say, well, Judaism could, but true Judaism is taking the scriptures, taking the Old Testament, and seeing that okay, this was all revolving around who? Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Uh, but the Judaism that is man-made, that Jesus already attacked that, and he showed how the fallacies go. Of course, in John 6, if, if, there's, if there's not Christianity, and you know about all these other religions, what is it, Bob, that we would say? Where else would I go? <laughs> what is better than Jesus? I mean, what, what, what is better than Jesus? Uh, nothing. I mean, it's all... Fallacy. So the conclusion is, because of the prophecies, because of the miracles that Jesus did, raising people from the dead, raising Himself from the dead, uh, Christianity is true. It has evidence. We are not deceived, are we? People will, the atheists would say, well, you're deceiving yourself. Brainwashed. Brainwashed. And they go the one way and they say, well, that's just too good to be true. You're just, that's just a crutch for you because you can't stand what you got here, so you're thinking about something there. And then the other ones are going to say, well, I don't want all that suffering and stuff. <laughs> that, that's, not, that's not a pleasant thing. So. And they still go through the suffering, don't they? <laughs> we have the answer for it. So would you say that Christianity is with reason, with facts, evidence, evidence that shows God's inspiration by looking just at the prophecies. Um, I think of those prophecies of those cities that you know you can think the, what is their um, uh, Tyre, the city of Tyre, the description, the details that are given in that and 
where you had uh, the Babylonians come conquer Tyre. They went out to the island. Babylon couldn't go out and, and uh, get them because of the uh, no ships. And then along came Alexander the Great later on, and uh, you know he stripped that city bare where all the rocks were you know taken, and then put out. And uh, of course they made a causeway to that island, and all of those are detailed in Scripture. Uh, just a couple of prophecies like that, they can't deny. I mean, th- th- those are historical. People would never deny the fact of all the things that Alexander the Great did before the time of Christ. So anyway, it's, it's, it's funny. It's very reasonable, isn't it? Christianity is true. It is reasonable. Um, so... I think you know we we have evidence. You think, okay, what 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 is evidence? Well, evidence. Let's say somebody stole your TV, and so you would say, hey, you know, you'd you'd call the police, and you'd say, yeah, yeah, look at here, this TV is gone, and we have evidence that it was taken because outside they discover footprints in the mud, and and then the mud tracked in to the carpet, all the way up to the TV. And, uh, of course, you know, somebody took it. You know, there's, there's, so we're dealing with that kind of evidence, a testimony, a, a documentation, or, or something where there's photographs, or there's ballistics, there's, there's physical evidence. Well, the evidence would be that you have a satellite system hooked up to it, and it's all sitting there, but there's no TV. Because you still have to prove that there's a TV. But you have enough mm-hmm. evidence around saying... Right. Now, what they what they might say on the other side, though, is, and here's the problem: it's not enough evidence for them. That's really what it comes down to, doesn't it? Because, and we can't argue. We could have all the proofs and evidence that we have, and it's still not going to be good enough because they're going to define the evidence that they want. And usually, it's going to be if God were to stand right in front of me. And I'm not so sure they would even accept and that's that. That's amazing because they believe in George Washington and right. Abraham Lincoln. And, you know, they believe in Alexander the Great. Which is before him? Christ, right? They believe in Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the... He lived uh, in the time before those guys right there. I mean, how do they really know that Elvis was here? <laughs> Because he has records, there's history books, same kind of evidence that we have. They would believe that, no problem. They'd be considered crazy if they didn't believe that, right? Yeah. So there is, there is absolutely sufficient evidence for the reality of God. There's physical evidence, like we say, there's the cause, there's the design, there's morals today. Those three right there are just so powerful. And, uh, but then when you get into the Bible, it's much more powerful. But they don't want to see that at first, you know, but uh, at uh, cause. So, uh, Jesus changed water into wine. You know, people have heard of that story, but he walked on water, gave sight to the blind, right? Raised the dead. Uh, all of these are recorded in, in Scripture. That's right, in, in history, if that's the way they want it then. Um, Um, there's a, a comment one of the history books about 
the guy that um, grew a new arm. I can't think can't think where that is in scripture. He didn't have an arm and Jesus gave him one. Right. It was a shriveled arm or something. Shriveled arm or something, yeah. And that's in and 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 that's that's been recorded outside of the Bible. So sight to the blind, a lot of a lot of instances recorded in history of the blind seeing and the lame walking. And they don't understand it. Right. Even the Pharisees back at that time, um, that Jesus was doing these things, he was right there, right there with them walking among them, and, and they saw all the things that he was doing and still didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think of the, the blind guy that the Pharisee talked to, and they said, Who did that? <laughs> well, I don't know what his name was, but you want to know for him to heal you too? <laughs> Almost got himself killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is what the scripture I find is most interesting because it always shows a negative response from the people. Yeah. It doesn't show it like it's all good and, you know, easy. It shows always to the negative that people didn't respond to it. Right. Right. Man man wouldn't tell some of the stories that are in the Bible, would he? The response was negative. So, the problem of evil is what really, I think, would you guys say that that's probably the number one um, cause that they will say that there is no God? Um, and they will use that that's almost the all the time. Yeah. Say it again. That's the passion argument. Yeah. The passionate one. The, the more head knowledge one is, the, well, he's invisible, you know, we can't see him. Show me him. And then we go back to Jesus, and they're like, "Well, that, all that's fake." <laughs> that's that's interesting because what you're saying there is there is the invisible argument uh-huh. because he we can't see him, so therefore he doesn't exist. That's terrible logic, though, right. isn't it? Because, like you say, that's back to history. You turn on the light switch every morning. <laughs> right. You can't see the energy. Ooh, excellent! Excellent. Betcha. How, how much is invisible that, that uh, we don't even understand? You know, how, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't see that wind, do we? Well, yeah. we don't understand how a picture comes onto a TV, either out comes to the air. Exactly. So, radio waves. But we sure believe in it. Yeah. Sure do. But we use it all the time, don't we? So, therefore, that is uh, uh, not not valid, is it? Just because we don't see it, um, we'll go with that passion concept a little more. Elaborate, elaborate. Because you talked about the intellectual, and now you said, "Well, so. you know, uh, that's that's where it becomes more emotional, and uh, you know, if like Penny brought up that cop that had that." really traumatic experience, I guess, uh, just with this case or with this situation, and uh, it, it it affects people more than, you know, just hearing an argument and <laughs> looking at it scientifically or something. It, if, if, it's, if it's an emotional response to something, it's going to change you more than just the head knowledge, really. So if they are dead set against God, maybe it isn't 
because of what they think they know, but what they've experienced. So it's very personal, isn't it? Right. And that, if, if if somebody's really real, you know, in a sense, you can respect that, though. Okay, I, uh, I, I understand where you're coming from there. That gives us an opportunity, possibly, to kind of start working in with the, with truth. But I, I'm I'm glad to deal with somebody who is that, even though, you know, they're not using logic and such, but they are using experience. Uh-huh. And so we can definitely use our experience, too, you yeah. know, if they're going to. And that's good. I, I'm glad they are. They're showing that, uh, hey, because of what has happened, how, how can I how can I believe in God, you know? But, uh, yeah, I like that. That's that the whole passion idea. That is the honest aspect of where they're at. Um, good. Okay. Uh, do you, you know, if, if they're really open now, you know, you, we can probably work with that. Um, the, the deal with suffering. First of all, it's possible that God had reasons. You know, we can, we can explain a lot of reasons why they're suffering, can't we? But... To start with, is it possible that God has reasons that no human has to have? Well, yeah, God is God. Can He hold back things from us, from from telling us? Yeah, and, and usually it's for our good. So if God is God, does He have to reveal everything about Him and everything? Well, of course not if He's really God. So, you know, we can start with that. A second one is that God may be letting evil run its course. You know, letting it go until it finally comes to its end. And and there's no doubt that's happening too. And eventually He will say that's it. Um, A third possible reason is is letting evil occur um, till the Day of Judgment. And then when the Day of Judgment happens, the ones who are condemned have no right to say, you know, that uh, God is unjust. Because He shows, you know, look, look, at, look at their lives. And of course, that great white throne judgment is going to be done in, in that sense. All they're going to have is their own works to, to give. A fourth one, it's quite possible that God uses suffering to do good. Uh, he produces patience through tribulation. If we remember Romans 5, 3, He may desire to save somebody through a terrible situation. He makes us grow through it. So that, you know, there are a lot of reasons. Uh, that's one that we use a lot. What, the Romans eight twenty eight, God works together all things for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So the, the suffering and, and the evil, uh, we could go on and on about that, but... Uh, we started this whole series, it was called Theodicy, which means God is just. He proves that He is a just God. When He has to make judgments upon a whole nation, wipes them out, uh, He brings in hurricanes, destroys property and people and such. But He's just in all that, isn't He? You know, that's, that's Theodicy. So, you know, we looked at questions, okay, I don't believe God exists, uh, how can anybody be sure? Well, we looked at the answer and said, here's why we say that we are sure of this. This is, we have evidence. Uh, why is there evil in the world? What about suffering? Well, theodicy. What does the Bible say about evil? 
right? Of course, we know where it comes from, but then how God uses it, uses it for for good and for a lot of other reasons. Uh, how could God send a loving God, a loving God, send people to hell? You guys ever dealt with that one? If He's a loving God. Why would He have a hell? Pretty easy, isn't it? He's a just God. He's a holy God. He's the kind of God that most people would like to think that God is. He's far above us. He's such a good... But they will say, well, He's an all-loving God. I don't think we see in Scripture where it says that He's an all-loving God. He also is a God of... We have to balance that out. He is a loving God. But an all-loving God, I'll accept anybody and everybody and the Hitlers and the Stalins and you know, and everybody else who does not trust Christ. If He was all-loving, then He would be whole. Right. It's what it really comes down to. They they still. Then you have to. Then you also have to bring in the fact, you know, that they're born in sin. It's going to take the grace of God to bring anybody out of that too. But, but they're held responsible for their own sin. Now, try to put that together in a human thinking, and it's rather difficult. That, and so we leave that to God. But um, uh, He is an extremely loving God. At the same time, He is holy. He is just. So you get into His nature. Uh, how about this one, you guys? What do you guys deal with this one? Christians are all hypocrites. Why would I want to be one? You guys ever had that one? Bingo. Bingo. That's and that and that brings us into it too. Matter of fact, I heard somebody use this one time. Though that was pretty good too. He said. Yeah, and there are hypocrites that go to grocery stores, your Walmarts, and anywhere you go, all of, there's going to be a lot of hypocrites going in there. So does that keep you from going to Walmart? <laughs> you know, they'll say, well, there are hypocrites in church, so therefore I don't want to go there. That's a good place for hypocrites to be because maybe they'll hear the Gospel there and desire to follow Christ. The Word of God is preached there. And for them to judge somebody is to condemn themselves. <laughs> uh, it's been said that uh, you you must be smaller than the thing you hide behind. Are you hiding behind the hypocrisy of others to keep yourself out of church or whatever that be, right? Um, there's no such thing as sin. A lot of these I have heard from people very close to me. A lot of these statements that we're making there's no such thing as sin. That means there's no such thing as God. Well, we've already covered that. You are can't they, say that. Are they saying there is no good, there is no evil? That's really what it's. But they, you know, it's. I think they. But they're going to have to come back and they're going to say, "Well, that's bad." How about murder? Well, that's bad. Who decides that? But it's not a sin. But that same person probably will say abortion is okay and it's good. That's not right. Yeah. So now, who's playing who? Somebody's playing God. Because now they're making the decisions, which really what like is what it's word. all about. They don't like the word sin because it's connotated with what? 
judgment. It means there's God. So let's use a better word. What word would they use? If there's no sin, then why do we have police? If there's no sin, then why do we have police officers and laws and because people make bad choices. Oh, they're they make sin. mistakes. It's not sin. Because, because if you call it Have you heard sin, that before? That, do they ever say that uh, I don't believe there's such thing as a sin? Mm-hmm. It's mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's more comfortable, isn't it? I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Nobody's perfect. If you're going to call it sin, then you have to admit that there's a God. That's right. I think that's what boils down to, Penny. You'd have to know that there is God. Here's another one that uh, somebody very close to me said this too. I'll take my chances. Right. Eternity's a long time to think. Well said. That's where I want to be. Yes. Mm. I think that's just stupid. That's just flippant, though. That's just an answer. No, there are. I've talked to Catholics. My grandmother, my mother, and my father, and my aunts, and, and I do not even believe that that's wrong because that, that means that they're mm. all wrong. They all went to hell. I'm, mm. no, I'm staying right. If they're in hell, I'm going there. That's where I'm going to yep, then. That's what I'm going I've to. heard that. I know. Oh, that's scary. That's what if they are wrong? I told you that's what one of Debbie's. Um, Exchange students said, the one that's from Taipei, she was going to church and she was listening and everything, and when it got down to it, she said, but she said that means that my grandma and grandpa aren't going to be in heaven. And that scared her. <laughs> wow. My yeah. mom said the Did same it. thing to me about her mother. I sat there and said, Mom, I don't know what happened to Grandma. But I do know there is a just God, and He judged her on what her what she what He put in front of her. Understand? And, but then when my mom passed away, before she passed away, all of a sudden she changed her mind that there was a holy God and stuff like that. So there's a point that yeah, you let them, but you always let them say, but you don't know. No, no. They don't know. You know, you don't know what your parents began to understand though too. Right. That's what and I you don't know what her. happened at the last minute. Right. But, that, but that's what I use also on them because they might have said one thing, but that's always kind of said they're saying, hold it, you're, you're the one that's making the judgment on that for them, even though if they had some misunderstandings to who God was, though, too. Or you could just believe, like I was telling Dennis and you guys about mm-hmm. that Catholic station that I was listening to that one day mm-hmm. when I was waiting for something, and they were saying, well, if you don't know anything, you know, then you're not going to be judged. <laughs> That's right. You know what? So therefore, we shouldn't be uh, giving evangelism. Why give the gospel to people? Yeah. As long as they don't know, then they'll get to go to heaven. Right. And that's just and that's what these people were saying. And I'm like, why are you coming from? That is scriptural. That's scriptural. The Bible says, the more you know... The more you're held accountable. <laughs> so I don't want to know anymore. <laughs>
How about I'm sincere? You know, I'm sincere. I'm just trying to do the best I can. This is one that came from somebody that was really close. I'm just trying to do the best I can. We know already what the answer is to that. The best that we can is our filthy rags. Or <laughs> I prefer to be open-minded about things <laughs> spiritual. You know, in the, in the but, Revelation uh, 21, this this has always kind of cut me to the quick. Where's but, it at there, Bob? Uh, Revelation 21, verse 8. Just trying to here into God's mind about what is he saying here he says but as for the he puts he, he lists a number of things but it's interesting that he, he first lists for the cowardly the faithless hmm. and then he goes the detestable for murderers sexual immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars their portion will be in, uh, the lake of fire and sulfur, which is the second death, and that cowardly and faithless to me sounds mm. a lot like what we're discussing tonight. Mm. You know, that's good. Really, an atheist, I think, is a you know coward. He's faithless. He's cowardly. He he won't submit. Yeah, that's a good verse. That kind of tells it, doesn't it? Either. Just to kind of, I don't know. Some, yeah, something drew me there. Yeah, that that cowardly kind of because t- that's really what they are because the the truth is there. We'll make up any you know any old story or any old excuse or any old uh, well just you know give me time or don't you know don't. <laughs> what, what did that one uh, leader that Paul was preaching to say? Well. Uh, you, Want to try to make me a Christian too, and and, huh. and you know, and well, we'll we'll I'll have to think about this, and I'll have you back another day. You know, you just kind of played with that idea, but that's to me. A, I wonder if that's cowardice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get so serious in those matters. Take serious. And and as far as we know, he never did go back to it. Yeah, if you're if you're bold, you 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 run to to, to him. You know, you, you go to him. All who desire to follow him, you know, they they will come to Christ, and all that come to Christ, he will not reject. Will he? Well, guys, it's been great. I enjoy this. I, I love to just open it up and be able to talk about these things, and it's helpful in being able to give some answers. Thank you for this evening. Next week we'll. Uh, I think we are supposed to be showing the movie Audrey. What is the name of it again? The Insanity of God. The Insanity of God. Now the the trick is is I, I still haven't decided what to do with it because it it might be an hour and a half movie. I don't know. It'll go past the seven. I don't ordinarily intend to do that, but uh, or we can put it in two parts. You know, it might be one of those things that we can do it that way too. Uh, that could be good. We could always start early. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You guys make it here? <laughs> Let's think about that. Yeah. At, anyway, we'll stay in touch, but um, um, that's what we intend to do. Thank you guys for coming out. It's, it's a joy. Some of the ones that come out here uh, regular on Tuesday nights are not here, so I'm glad you guys came out here. We would have <laughs> been really kind of empty. But good, it's, it's been very beneficial. Debbie? Sue was one that wanted it earlier, and she called. She intended to come tonight. 
She got home Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. She got really sick. She's been in uh -oh. had the flu for the last two days, so she didn't even go to work today. And Barb is out of town. Um, she told me beforehand uh, that, and um, I think uh, Leanna is, you know, loosely, and I don't think the, the time works really good for her, too, I think she said, so. Bill said it was his dream. <laughs>